What is going on, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Beyond Rad podcast. My name is Chad, and this week we are joined by Eric Guzman from a band called Comgrove. First off, I hope you all had a very Merry Christmas and next week. Hope you all have a wonderful New Year's Eve and New Year's and celebrate all of your New Year's resolutions and make it happen. (laughs) Anyway, Eric is a really cool dude and this week's episode is super cool. Calm Grove is a band that is on the rise right now. They've got a few songs that have been released already and they've got so much potential and it's going to be super cool to see what they're able to do in the year of 2019. So I'm super pumped and I think you guys will be as well. But before we jump in, just a reminder to check the band out on Instagram, on Facebook. Give Eric a follow. Let him know, hey, man, it was cool getting to know a little bit more about you. And if you like their music, definitely support them any way that you can. And without further ado, let's just jump right on in. Well, dude, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast, man. I uh, I'm super excited. Yeah, likewise. It's been awesome. Yeah, dude. So so tell me a little bit about, about the band, uh, about yourself. Yeah, so uh, I sing in a band called Palm Grove. Uh, we started writing music for this band a couple of years ago, and basically we just kept writing, 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 trying to kind of polish our sound and uh, um, really like um, get this, like the sound and direction that we wanted to go for, like really concrete. So we kind of kept the project under wraps for a couple months. Um, we never had a full set lineup until we met our buddy Nolan who plays drums and our friend Sean that plays bass now in the band and once we got those two guys in the group we definitely kind of hit the ground running um, we got in the studio we recorded three songs that we decided instead of releasing as an EP we kind of just wanted to do singles throughout the year so um, we recorded those songs early 2018 or not 2018 I'm sorry like late 2017 and then um in march of 2018 of this year we dropped our first song and from there we just started playing shows around southern california um started kind of building our fan base and getting credibility yeah in the local scene and so it's been awesome i mean we've met a lot of cool bands a lot of new friends and it's just a really fun time for us we uh, released our second single called retrace um, in october and yeah, since for the whole year, we've only had two songs out, but I mean, every show is getting bigger and better and we're just trying to ride the wave right now and just really enjoying it. Heck yeah, man. That's super cool. Yeah. The, I, I really dig the sound cause like, um, you've got quite a diff, quite a few different vibes going on and I think it's really cool. I was, I was kind of bummed that there were only two songs, but you know, that's just kind of like the selfishness of a, of a viewer. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> and it's understandable. And I mean, obviously we want, we want to put out more music too, but we kind of feel like we're in a generation of singles and with yeah. people's fans being so limited that we're like, okay, let's like really take this slow and, and really just try to put our best foot forward. Yeah, dude, I totally understand. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I, I understand it, but it's just like the selfishness of a listener. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's just, it, there's yeah. no, it, the, the thing it. is, the thing is like a lot of people don't understand even, even myself after talking to a lot of bands, it's still something that I, don't fully uh, appreciate is like the difficulty of the writing process, the recording process and the whole, the whole hullabaloo that goes into production of 
even a single song. And so, so I, I appreciate, you know, when bands are putting out music, but I don't appreciate how much work it is sometimes to put that music. Yeah, out there. It's, it's kind of funny though. Cause we were just talking about like the three songs that we recorded last year and we're like, dang, we recorded this song over a year ago and it's like, we're barely going to put it out soon, you know? And it's like, yeah. we're just really like taking our time with it. But I mean, it just happens. It's like we shot our first video for lifelong that took, we shot that in October of 2017 and that wasn't even released until March. So we're kind of just doing things at our own pace and trying to make sure that every release is strong and gets to as many ears as possible. For sure, man. So, so you said that the band started a few years ago. Um, how, how, yeah. did, how did things kind of happen? How did things form? Uh, so we're a five piece. Um, I'm Eric. I play, uh, I sing. And then our guitarist, Tommy and Daniel, um, they went to high school with me. So we've always been jamming oh, okay. since we've been in and out of like the post hardcore bands and then just did some other type of music. And then a couple years ago we were in this other pop punk band that was just a really good time, but it never was really too serious. And after a while we were writing and we just kind of decided, Hey, we should um, take these new ideas and try to make a new band out of it. Yeah. And then that's how we met up with, um, with Sean, the bassist and Nolan, the drummer, but it took a while to get that foundation set. I mean, we were jamming with a lot of other people that it was great, but it just didn't feel like the right pieces at the right time. If yeah, that makes sense. for sure. Yeah. Things have to yeah. click. Yeah. So it, it took a while. It took a little maneuvering, but we finally were like, okay, like this feels good. We're all really cohesive and like, we're making the music and the sounds that we'd like to hear and like what we're, what, like, what makes us happy. So sure. yeah, right when we all got like into the room, we're like, yeah, this is it. This is what we're doing. So that was about in, like March, yeah, right before we shot the video. That was okay. it. Awesome. Yeah. So so even prior to that, you had you and uh and Eric and and uh I think it was Tommy, you said you guys were were writing music yeah. together prior. Yeah, Tommy, Tommy, Daniel and I, we were all writing together. We've been we've been in bands for like five or six years already okay. now. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so you I mean you guys you guys are um like kind of like the the core and now now it's a five piece you said so you've got two guitars a bass a drummer and yourself right yes awesome so tell me a little bit about kind of like how the pieces kind of fell into place because maybe it's something that you can't maybe put into words very easily because i understand that it just felt right or it just was right but like you were playing around like with a few different ideas obviously in terms of the band how did how did things fall into place with Nolan and and how did you guys kind of just determine this is actually going to make it work? Yeah, so it was actually kind of funny. Um, in the band that Daniel, Tommy, and I were in, I actually played bass, and I I've always kind of sang backup, and so we were just still writing songs, the three of us, and we were like, okay, like maybe we can try to get a singer to sing over this or like send him the songs and whatnot. And yeah. for a while we're like, we were just kept posting on Instagram, Twitter, like, Hey, we're looking for a singer for a pop punk band. Like these are our influences, blah, blah, blah. And it just like, we got a couple back and it just didn't seem like what we were trying to go for. And so I decided one day to like write lyrics to one of the songs and I was like, Hey, let me just try it out. And, and um, we were in Tommy's, I think we were in Tommy's room and I just like sang over it and we did pre and we recorded it really roughly. Yeah, but they were like, "Yeah, okay, you're the singer now, so now we have to find a basis." And yeah, so I kind of just got thrown into it. That's awesome, honestly. man. So yeah, it's definitely my my first go at it. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So who else? I know you guys kind of do like um I don't even know what they 
they would what the the term is but i kind of call it like dueling or battling vocalists where yeah we we do the dual vocals things in, in both of our songs and a couple more songs that we're going to release but that um it's usually just me and tommy that that do it okay tommy, yeah it's kind of like a first for both of us because um tommy's never sang too much but he's doing awesome and he has a lot of grit to his voice too so we have a lot of fun especially when we're writing lyrics too we're able to bounce lyrics off each other and ideas and it's like two heads are better than one in some situations. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Honestly, when I, when I started listening to you guys' music, the, um, in a major compliment, complimentary way, like you guys sounded like had a very strong vibe of like the youth fountain, which, um, I don't yeah. know if you've listened to theirs, but like that style is super cool to me. I love, that's what I loved about brand new back in the day was like that kind of yeah, dueling vocal style. I grew up like with taking back Sunday and brand new. So yeah. whenever like, John and Adam, or even when Fred was in the band, like when they were doing, and they, I don't know, just the, the way that their voice sounded together, I was like, oh man, that's sick. So now that we're both kind of doing it, we just try our best to make it memorable. Yeah. And so how does that go in like a, a live performance? Is that like, um, it's obviously, it makes it easier because it's not just you singing. So, so uh, you guys it makes like. It, it makes it a lot easier on my breathing too. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we practice it the way it, it's recorded too. Um, Pretty much whatever I sing on the recordings, that's what I do live. That's awesome. Someone else will sing if I have to take a breath. Someone else will cover me. But yeah, it's it's actually really, really smooth and easy. I mean, once we write it out and start rehearsing it, that's just how we record it and how we do it live. That's awesome, man. So you guys, um, in terms of like a live performance, the the audio recordings that that are on like iTunes, Spotify, um, it's pretty much the same the same vibe then live, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we try to do our best to to make it sound as, as good as the recording does. That's awesome. So, so, um, at, you're in Southern California. So, yes. um, how, how's the scene going for you down there? I mean, obviously there's so many bands and yeah, I've interviewed a few from down there, but, uh, but it, obviously the pop punk scene kind of originated there. So how's that continuing? Um, you know, it's kind of like a roller coaster. It has its ups and downs. Um, a couple of years ago, it was like really thriving. Um, that's when like just like movements came and they just dominated it and yeah like really surged a bunch of bands coming out and then kind of it got a little dead and right now it's coming up again though there's a lot of great bands a lot of good shows going on so it has its has its days i guess like every other scene but it's thriving right now i would say it's alive and well that's good you should check out the uh the guys barriers they're from down there as well we're actually playing with them in like next week awesome yeah, dude, that's yeah, sick. They're they're great. Yeah, I love I love, I love what they've done because they they kind of took like the smash poetry style, you know. Yeah, and so I think they're from from Long Beach too. Yeah, yeah, I um I interviewed them, I don't know, a few months ago, but they're super cool guys. So that'll be a cool show. I'm excited for you guys. First time playing with them, so I'm sure there'll be more to come after that too. But oh yeah, right. heck yeah, dude, that's cool, man. That's super cool. So um so kind of talk about the the plans going forward with like. Um, obviously you've got the two songs out now. What yeah, are, so, what are the, the, the plans with the band? Definitely. Yeah. So we have uh, two songs out right now on like Spotify and Apple music and whatnot. We have a third that we just shot a video for last night and we're trying to push that out in a couple of weeks, maybe three weeks in December. Cool. And, um, we're actually currently recording two more songs, um, in the studio that we just, we're almost hundred percent done with them. And those will be trinkled out um, in the new year, along with videos and everything. And we're just going to try to play as many shows as possible. Um, we're looking to do a couple West Coast runs and hopefully go into 
um, the Midwest and East Coast in 2019. That's so cool, man. That's exciting. So um, how many songs have you guys like put together already that are either already recorded or like in the process of recording? Um, We have a total of 10 songs right now. Three, two are out. There's another one that we're just kind of keeping in our pocket to push out next month. Uh And then we have two that are in the process of being recorded right now. And then the rest are kind of just going to stay in the archives until the right time. That's awesome. So do you guys, how, how is your production process? Are you guys working with a local studio? Do you know, like, are you working amongst yourselves? How, how are you guys doing the production? Uh, the first three songs were written by us. We went into um, the studio with our guitarist's brother and he recorded us and there wasn't any too much like pre-production on it. There wasn't any changes. We kind of just wrote the songs and put them together yeah. and recorded them as is. Um, with these two new songs that we're recording now, we wrote them. Um, and then we went into the studio with this guy, Johnny Liu, who's recorded a bunch of other bands in um, like Southern California. He's a really, really good dude, has a really great ear. Um, and we sat down with him. We're like, hey, these are ideas. And he was like, cool, let's try this, this and that. And honestly, like together, we've made our songs way, way better. And we're really happy with it. So awesome. they're a little bit different. But I mean, we're we're really, really excited for these ones. That's super cool. I always love. I always love when um, when bands say what you just said, you know, we're we're stepping it up because like, honestly, the first two songs are fantastic quality and they sound super awesome. So when you say you're stepping it up, it makes it like even more exciting for me because like that just means that there's going to to be more punch and more and more just like fun. No, totally. I I went into the studio that first time when we recorded Lifelong and Reach and Retrace. And I mean. I'm I was I'm super green as a singer. I mean, this is my first time being like yeah. a frontman band, so I didn't know too much about my voice and when to push and when to kind of lay it back. Yeah, but I like I feel like I'm kind of getting into my groove and working with Johnny. He's giving me confidence and really good tips too. So, yeah, I mean, all that's left for the songs too are vocals. So I'm excited to get in there next week to knock them out. And yeah, it's really it's really exciting time right now. That's awesome, man. That's super awesome. So, I mean. You said that you uh, you've been in quite a few different bands. Let's jump even further back. How how did you get into like obviously you said you played the bass prior and and so how did you get into to kind of getting into music in the in the first place? Yeah. So um my like interest in music all stems from my older brother. I'm sure a lot of people have that same kind of story, but yeah. um uh, I was in I was in 5th grade. And my older brother, he's three years older than me. So he was like in seventh or eighth grade and he just started playing guitar. Um, and I clearly remember him listening to Thursday constantly. That was like this first band that he really fell in love with. And that's when Thursday just released full collapse. So yeah. he was jamming that constantly. I literally was, cause I would be in my room and I would hear him playing um, <laughs> yeah. understanding in a car crash over, over, over. Yeah. Wall and I'm like, what is he doing? And I remember like looking through his window and I'd see him like jumping up and down, banging his head while playing guitar to it. I'm like, this guy is like so cool. <laughs> so um that Christmas I was like, hey, mom and dad, like I was on I got like the catalog from Musician's Friend. And Dude, I was that was like, the hey, best magazine ever. I think I, I think I wanna get I want to play guitar. And my brother's at the dinner table and he was like, No, I play guitar. Um, the band I'm going to start, I need a bassist. So you're going to play bass. <laughs> so my, my brother decided for me that I needed to play bass. And well, so, cool of yeah, him so to, uh, 
to include you in the band though. That's super cool. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was the, the almost junior hire jamming with some high school kids. So that was fun. Yeah. Probably so. feeling super cool because you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm jamming out with the older guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I remember wearing like my studded belts, the band practices and yeah, dude and everything. But yeah, I mean, I was shortly replaced in that band just cause they always would practice at night and I was tired. So they replaced <laughs> me like two practices, but it's okay. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, my brother really, I remember he made me a mix CD and it had thrice brand new taking back Sunday um thursday finch pretty much almost all the drive-thru record bands like yeah that yeah yeah really like hidden in plain view in the early november like all those bands really like just fueled me going through middle school and i was like oh my gosh this is amazing yeah i never really got that whole like classic rock phase like where a lot of people did like i never really listened to like acdc or like slayer or, i don't know any of those like classic rock like, like, like i didn't i never really even listened to led zeppelin until like high school <laughs> I was really exposed to like I went from NSYNC Backstreet Boys to Taking Back Sunday. That was about it, bro. <laughs> like, that's that's so similar to me. I I had one kind of in between step in that you didn't have, which was like um more of the poppy punk, right? So I went yeah. from from like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys to MXPX, Lagwagon, and uh, like Zebrahead and stuff like that, and then took yeah. the jump over to Drive Through Records, which are still some of the most like applicable albums to my life. Right. And so, (laughs) yeah, so I can, I can totally relate to that. I think that's super cool. Cause, um, like I actually saw the early November a couple months ago and it was just phenomenal. It was a tiny little venue. So I got to like talk to the band after it was just so cool. Every time I see them, they're great. I actually saw them like last year with the movie life. Oh yeah, dude. Because it was just Ace. Like none of the other dudes were there, and I feel like when they're all there together, like the live performance is even that much better. Yeah, yeah. It was the full band on this one, and they played with the Dangerous Summer, and I was like, oh, so good. (laughs) Yeah, dude. So, so I mean, like you get into this music, you start, you start kind of like jamming out. What? This is something that's just I'm always curious about because I know how my parents were. What were your parents' thoughts about your brother and you just like being these like? post-hardcore slash like punk rock kids um they were like all about it my dad is a welder so when like we got into skateboarding he would weld us all these pipes to like awesome. grind on or try to grind on. yeah and so when we got into music like they were all supportive my mom put us in guitar lessons for a couple years so we kind of learned like theory and all like the beginner stuff about guitars and bass and um yeah we would have band practice at, at our house for a little bit and then they would drive us. I remember like my, when my, I started playing shows, like my mom would drive me to like chain reaction to play shows and they're super supportive, which is pretty cool. That's super cool. Yeah. I was, uh, I, I watched a video a couple days ago of my chemical romance and, uh, and they were just saying how all their, like their mom, their grandma, their aunt, and it's like all their family were there. And I was like, man, that's so funny because like that style of music, my mom would never go to. And then, come to find out my sister opened for Hawthorne Heights like I don't know 12 years ago or whatever forever ago and uh and my mom goes to that concert I was I was out of I was like completely I was down in Houston at the time but I was like you wouldn't you wouldn't even let me go to like the most docile of concerts and then she's going to the Hawthorne Heights concert with my sister and I'm like man my sister's got it good yeah <laughs> yeah, dude. yeah man it's 
it's it, it's crazy though because i mean i remember like these memories of like my mom driving my brother and i to see like from first to last and haste of the day at the glass house and i remember my dad like waiting outside to like the, the glass house like to pick us up and my dad because my dad used to be such like a he was really into like pink floyd and i don't know like the police so he was always like I know what you're doing at these shows. Like you're probably just going to the bathroom and blah, 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 doing <laughs> X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, no, not at all. And then once I started playing shows and he started coming out and I'm like able to like show him what's going on, he's like, okay, this is cool. Like it's a lot different from what I was used to. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome, man. Yeah. So he's super supportive. He's been, I mean, I've been doing shows since like I was 15, 16 and I'm 26 now. So he, he's, he's super supportive. That's super awesome. So out of all of those shows, like in your formative years, you know, 15 through 17, 18, what, what was like your most memorable or like favorite one out of all those? Oh man. Okay. Well, my first show ever, I was in, what was, I was in sixth or seventh grade and I saw Taking Back Sunday and Jimmy Eat World. Oh dude, that sounds amazing. Dude. And it was amazing. It was a big arena show. So it's like my first concert ever. Yeah. And I'm, holy shit, like this is crazy look at all like the lights and just all the people and i'm standing like by the sound guy and this was in the at the long beach arena i'll never forget it and i literally looked to my left and i'm standing next to jade from afi <laughs> no way yeah and growing up afi was like another great band that oh was, yeah like, dude huge like, huge inspirations there thing the sorrow came out in fifth when i was in fifth grade and i remember learning every single song going on ultimate tab.com or whatever and learning everything baseline i could yeah dude so me being me being a dork when i'm like 11 or something i go up to jade i'm like oh my gosh like you're jade from afi i'm all starstruck i'm like can i have your autograph so he signs my ticket stub and then me being dumb i'm like hey is davy here <laughs> and he's <laughs> like no dave davy's not here and i'm like okay bye <laughs> <laughs> dude that's so that's so classic yeah, i mean that was a phenomenal show um but I'm trying to think of like one show that really put me over. Um, I'll see that from first to last show that I mentioned to you was awesome. That one you said like was that, with haste, haste the day. Yeah. And I think he is legend played that also. Okay. And yeah, I remember just seeing like Sonny Moore, just really putting on that like front man persona and really working it. And he, he was awesome. That was an awesome show. Yeah. His pre Skrillex days, man. Yeah, yeah, that was it. I think even that was the tour where um, West Borland played bass, the guy from Limp Biscuit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he was there too. Like that was cool. That is cool, man. That's that's yeah. funny because those two concerts would have had such different vibes and different crowds. Like yeah. so, so vastly different. But that one was cool because that one was like super. That was more of like a. That was at the Glass House. So it was a little bit like not an arena show, so that was nicer and more intimate. Yeah, dude, the smaller shows. For me, I, I've been to a few big shows, but like the smaller shows, there's just something magical about it. Like, you know, you can you can go and see a band at like Warp Tour and have like yeah. thousands of people around or you can go and see them at a smaller sized venue, even if it's still a big venue, but not like an arena or like a massive area. And it just feels different. It just does. Yeah. I, I, you can almost feel the energy in your bones. too. That's what I really like about yeah. it. It's like, like even to this day, like I'd rather play a small cap room than a big one just because I want to be in people's faces. I want them to really feel what we're playing and what we're what the point where or the message we're getting across. Yeah. So when you're out and you're playing a show, what like 
what is it that gets you pumped when you're playing a show as a band? Honestly, for me, it's I love hearing people sing or scream the lyrics that I wrote yeah. for them. Like I love it. Um, even if they're just banging their head or really just focusing on the music, if they're giving us our their time, I will give them two hundred percent every time. So you what's know, like, it's your, like what's your biggest pet peeve on the flip side of that? Uh, I mean, I'm guilty of it. When, but if someone's like, say, like at least watching a band where you can see them as you're playing and they're on their phone and texting away or something like that's <laughs> that's a little disheartening. But I mean, I'm guilty of it. I've done that before too. But yeah, I mean, that's about <laughs> it. I mean, if they're if they're if you're giving us your time, then we're gonna put on on a good show for you. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. So, how many shows have you guys played this year? in 2018 um we started off a little bit slow we we didn't play our first show until a month after we released our first song um but i would say we're almost at maybe 20 shows on the year we've been playing a lot a lot um, of southern california shows uh we played in fullerton long beach pomona um where else have we played at we just played up kind of like in central california up by Fresno and uh, I think it's called Tulare. Okay. It's a really cool show. Um, but yeah, we just honestly just been grinding a lot and just really trying to connect with as many bands and promoters as possible. That's super cool, man. So I, uh, I'm always, I'm always intrigued by like the, the process kind of like the grind, right? Like I think that, um, bands in general put in so much work and so much energy. And so how are you balancing kind of like your life when it comes to, writing songs, playing music, going to shows, trying to travel around for shows and just like life in general. Dude, honestly, it's been crazy. I'm actually uh, getting my teaching credential right now. Oh, for real? Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm doing uh, what's called student teaching or it's called like clinical practice where basically yeah. you're in a classroom shadowing another teacher, not getting paid. But um, yeah, so I started doing that in August and I'm actually on my, my last week is next Friday. So I've been doing it for 15 weeks working. We're well, not working cause I'm not getting paid, but I'm there in the classroom from eight 30 till about four 30 every day. Yeah. And it's awesome. It's been awesome. But from there, I usually go to do some homework or I go to studio <laughs> or do rehearsals. And honestly, it's super fun because I tell the teacher I'm with, I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm in a band and I've actually showed her all her stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's been fun. To say the least, it's been really cool and that's so that's very so busy fun. schedule. Yeah, dude, I I understand that. That's yeah. awesome. So, what are you uh, what are you planning on teaching? Um, I'll, I'm in a second grade class right now, so I teach like seven and eight year olds. Oh, awesome! Absolutely awesome. Yeah, so um, I'll probably be in elementary school, but down the line, I wouldn't mind teaching like middle school social science. Oh, cool, man! Yeah, my yeah, uh, so. well, my brother in law, he uh, he's a super good teacher. He's now like. Uh, I don't even remember what his position is called, but he's like the, the guy who's over all of the, the interns and all of the teachers. And he's kind of, he's not like a, a, one of the administrators yet, but he's also not a teacher. So he's kind of like in between, but cause he just finished nice. his master's. Yeah. He just finished his master's in education and stuff. But, but yeah, he, yeah, uh, he was talking about all that, like the teaching stuff. And I'm like, man, props to teachers, bro. Like I would love to teach, but I would have to teach like college students. Cause I just, I just wouldn't have the patience for yeah. like, kids like even high school it's a lot i mean there's so many ridiculous like tests you have to take and like barriers you have to get over just to get like 
your credential. It's it's pretty crazy. At least in California, it's pretty rigorous. But I'm yeah, sure I think it'll it's be that way. It. I think it's. I mean, I think it's that way in most places. But uh, I I feel like as as long as you have a bachelor's degree, you have to go through all of those state tests to verify, yep. and then and then you have to put in so many hours in the classroom, and it's like holy oh, cow. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I'm down to the the last week. It's it's gonna be tough to leave, but it's. Be a, it's gonna be like bittersweet yeah it'll be fun once you have your own classroom and stuff you get to like kind of do oh, everything def- your way definitely but i mean like not only me too like other, the other guys too they're whether we all work full-time jobs and we usually jam and write at night but i mean we're constantly balancing our lives and social lives and the band and just really making it all work though i mean we we're a pretty good team together that's awesome man that's awesome so tell me a little bit about just like um since you only have the two songs released at, at this point in time, um, mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about like the backstory of, of the two songs, whichever one you want to say first. But uh, yeah. I, I always love to hear the story, not necessarily like, you know, here's how we wrote it, but like the story of what led to the song and how the band kind of pieced it together, stuff like that. Definitely. Um, it was kind of for Lifelong, our first song that we released. Um, it was definitely one of those songs where we were writing, writing, writing. And it was actually the song that um, I like tried to sing over for the. I'm uh, one of my really good friends, and I decided like we just kind of grew apart, and um, it was a lot of like he said, she said kind of stuff going around. And it's mm-hmm. like okay, like what kind of state are we in? Where we would like be like, oh, we're cool, and then we would hang out, but you'd still feel like there's an elephant in the room. Oh yeah, and basically like that kind of just tore us apart, and we didn't talk for a while. So when I was writing it, I kind of wrote it from a place of bitterness where I was really upset that I felt like, um, like our relationship wasn't validated and that I was almost kind of like, a f- um, that person to hang out with whenever it was beneficial for that person. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I remember kind of talking over with that person and being like, okay, like, is this the time that we become friends again? Is this where everything gets back to normal? And we would always say like, yeah, oh yeah, this is like the right track. And like, we're, we're cool. And in the song, I, I say, um, I've lost count of all the times you said that we'd progress. And that's kind of just a flashback to when we kept saying, oh, yeah, this is where our relationship is good again. And so, yeah, basically, that whole song is about like kind of being bitter and trying to be the bigger person in the relationship and swallow the pill and kind of just say, hey, man, like I messed up, you messed up, but I still love you at the end of the day. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So so you wrote the the lyrics for that whole song. Is that? Is that true yeah. or okay? Yeah. yeah. And so, so how, how did like the, the sound come about? Like, cause obviously this is the, f- I mean, maybe it's not the first song you wrote as a band, but like, how did you guys decide this is, this is how it's going to sound? Um, musically, uh, we've always just kind of been into the pop punkish like influence music. Um, although sometimes I feel like our two songs and even those songs that we haven't released yet, we're kind of a different breed of pop punk we're not very like power chordy octaves constantly yeah we have a little bit more grit to us you're a little bit more so, evolved <laughs> yeah i would I, yeah i would say that we're just a little bit a little bit different we kind of stick out when we play these pop punk shows and so i knew that kind of going into it i kind of wanted to have a different like vocal ap- approach i wanted to be a little bit more aggressive and have some rasp and grit yeah. to my vocals so um yeah, just kind of. I've always listened to um, like bands like Knuckle Puck who do dual vocals too. Yeah, dude. And, 
um, I don't know, like, like have mercy and movements too. They kind of just have like this grit to it. So yeah. And when Belmont. I was to, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, um, when I was stepping into it, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try to sound as stressed and frustrated and angry as possible. And that's kind of just how it happened. And from there I've kind of like, okay, maybe in this verse, I won't sound so angry. I'll try to sing a little <laughs> bit more. But yeah. So it, it's definitely a learning process when, when we were doing that. Well, there's, there's, I mean, there's a, a big, kind of pull for that style um yeah and i honestly my wife she like um she knew me as like a pop punk music fan and so i started listening to a lot of that stuff you know in her own words belmont um, knuckle puck and like and even like trash boat and handguns and she was just like you don't listen you never listen to this kind of music. I'm like, yeah, this is like the evolution of the music I listen to <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because it, it yeah, it's, it's like still pop great. punk at its core, but it's not like, like the other bands that she also like is like confused by as well as bands like uh data remember or like uh, abandoned by bears where it's like yeah. the pop punk with breakdowns. And uh-huh. so, and so like, it's just funny to, uh, to hear how she's like, well, pop punk is yellow card and newfound glory. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, those it's are like, pop it's punk like sub genres in between everything, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And so, so I, that's why I'm, I really dig your guys' style because to me, it's, it's putting a twist on a genre that's been around for a long time. So it allows for that genre to have a little bit of breathing room mm-hmm. and a little bit of more creative flexibility, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we definitely grew up listening to, I mean, our player Sean loves Green Day and Fall Out Boy, and those are bands that don't really resonate with me too much, but I try to like bring in my influences from Taking Back Sunday and whatnot. So it's definitely like a melting pot of the older sound with newer influences too. Yeah. So tell us the story about Retrace. Um, Retrace is actually like one of the easier lyrics, lyrics I ever wrote. Um, and it's not something I'm proud about, but one night I was out with my girlfriend and two of our friends too. And, you know, we're just having a good time and I'm drinking a few beers. And when that time of night comes, when you feel like you can drive, um, I told her like, Hey, I'm good to drive. And basically she was like, no, like I'll just drive for you. Like we're just down the street from, from home. So it's not a big deal. And me being stubborn at times, I was like, no, 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 I can do this. I can do this. And luckily I, I drove us home and everything was fine. Um, we made it safely, but there were, um, repercussions I had to face. I mean, I was putting the person I love in danger. And so, um, we had a little discussion that night and I went home and I felt horrible the next morning when I woke up and I realized that, um, like I woke up to text messages saying like, Hey, like you shouldn't do this. And this is why I felt this way. And it definitely like hit me hard. And so I had like a moment of self-reflection and I literally just kind of was texting it on or writing it in my notes on my phone. And the song came together pretty quickly. Dude, that's, that's insane. Like I, uh, after talking to you, obviously you're a good guy, but that is like something that it's so hard, right? Like you don't respect yourself for doing that. And so I think it's good that, that you had that like introspective moment. Yeah. And I think that's a part of uh, uh, maturing and kind of just, you have to swallow the pill. You have to realize that, Hey, like, almost put the ego away like it's not a big deal if anybody drives you home when you've had too much to drink and you shouldn't feel um like you have like superpowers and you're not going to get injured or put other people in danger when you're doing that so 
But yeah, since then, I, I mean, I haven't done that again. And I mean, I'm glad that no one was injured and we were injured during that time too. But yeah, it's definitely not something I'm proud of, but I'm glad that it happened because it gave me the opportunity to have a moment of self-reflection and say, hey, that was a dumb move. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah. I, I think it's really important to have the those moments of, of clarity. You know, sometimes it's I mean, it's always easier to have the moment of clarity prior to uh, to being potentially in danger. But it's also it's also good to to know that you're never going to do it again and know that you learned so much from it. And I think that's I think that's really valuable for uh, for people to be transparent about um, because, you know, screwing up is is real easy. Fessing up to it and admitting that it was wrong and like changing. That's the hard part. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, it's definitely hard to admit your faults at times. And that's something that I'm trying to get better with every day because, hey, I'm not perfect either. But I felt like that was an opportunity to say, hey, you know what? I have a lot of these emotions and thoughts going on in this moment. Why not try to put it to good use? Yeah, for sure. And it it all kind of came out. And um, it's kind of like easy when you listen to the song. um, It kind of just tells the story of what happened and how I felt that it could be like the end of our relationship because if it was, I mean, she has every right to feel that way too, but basically it's all about um, retracing your steps and trying to um, right your wrongs. Yeah. And being willing to accept whatever, whatever happens. Right. Yeah. I'm what man. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I, uh, I like that. So um, honestly, man, I uh, just kind of just trying to like look at everything, just seeing everything. Um, what what are some like some of the the core elements of your band that kind of keep you guys driven? Because like I'm listening to like how you guys write songs and the sound that you've got, like how you guys came together. What keeps you guys as a band just like really excited and really driven? Honestly, I mean, seeing success of other bands. Um, I mean, like prime example is Movements. How just they their sound was so unique and they literally just ran with it and all the success they're having, it's definitely motivating. We don't see it as like, Oh man, we're just, we're like, Hey, why not? Like that can be us. Why not us? So we're always trying our best. Um, definitely just, we want our music heard by as many people as possible. Um, so we're always promoting at shows, whether it's, um, like bigger tours coming through chain reaction, we'll be out there passing our CDs out, just giving it to anybody that's willing to listen. We want people to um, kind of relate to our music, whatever they're going through, maybe our songs will help them get through a tough time. So we definitely just want to try to reach as many people as possible. And that's definitely what keeps us motivated. We love playing shows. And if people are singing or vibing with us, that's just enough for us. That's awesome, man. And um, so there's this, there's this guy who's super cool. His name is Seth Godin. Um, mm-hmm. He's uh, he's just like a, a marketing genius. And he released a book recently Um, and he, he talks about how, like he's talked about it multiple times throughout his career, how, if you try and reach everyone in like a a general sense that you try and create something for everyone, you reach no one. But when you create it for the smallest or the lowest, um, like feasible amount of people possible that it catches traction because people share it and people, you know, people kind of connect with it. How, how are you, how are you like? when you go about your songwriting and your, and your performances, how are you kind of allowing your music to authentically reach, um, 
reach people. Like, does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I feel like when you, when you put up this front, people can see it. People can feel that your energy or just the way you present yourself is not authentic. I feel like you kind of have to take a look in the mirror and say, Hey, am I making the music that I want to make? Am I enjoying it? Is this something that I would write about or sing about? Because it all kind of comes to light when you're on a stage or in front of people. And I feel like that's something that we've have had like the comfort of bouncing ideas back and forth with each other. Cause we're like, Hey, is this something that we want to hear? Or is, is this something that, or is this something that we want to play? Or is this something that you think people would like? Like, so we try to make everything for ourselves and in the long run, we feel like that's going to be our best bet because I think that will resonate more with people and first time listeners rather than just trying to do or hop on the train that's um, being filled by everybody right now. Yeah. Like, and- trends come and go, but I feel like honesty and is what kind of keeps bands pushing along too. Cause I think people want to be real. People want real music and real emotions and they can feel when it's just cookie cutter. Oh, for sure. And like with that, like how, um, how is it that you like, um, when you, when you write it for yourselves and you're, you're kind of like, um, putting that music out there and it's, it's a very personal thing. How are you able to, to kind of cope with the, um, the word that I always use is vulnerability because Mm -hmm. you're writing these songs. Obviously both of the songs that you just told us about are super, super personal things that were like real stories, like, super applicable to you and like something that first the first one is something that is hard to sometimes deal with the second is is something that could be embarrassing or something that that could have been fatal so how how do you deal with the vulnerability of of putting that out there and like yeah and sharing that, was something that. that it was something that i was kind of like weird about too it's like hey like i'm writing these songs and when people hear them they're gonna think like oh shoot like eric has a lot of shit going on or this and that. And it's kind of like, Oh, like this is about Eric's friend or girlfriend or parents. It's like, but at the same time, it's like, you know what, this is a way that I can express myself and really um, release a lot of, whether it be negative energy or positive energy um, into music. And I think with being vulnerable, it's just kind of, it's not as scary once you kind of rip it off the first time. (laughs) So it was just kind of like, it was kind of, taking that first step. And ever since then, yeah, it's been easier yeah, and easier. It was kind of just like taking and saying, you know what, this is our band. This is my music. And this is kind of like me wearing my words on my sleeve. Like this is what's going on in my life. That's awesome, man. But it's, it's very, uh, it's like, it's like gratifying to hear people saying, Oh, I related to this or like, man, yeah, yeah like I can totally see why you felt this way. And then when people are singing it back or, even just simply listening to it, it's, it's definitely a good feeling. And I mean, it, it definitely motivates us to, Hey, like keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. Heck yeah, man. That's, that's super awesome. So I'm going to do uh, a quick, just as we close, I just want to do a quick kind of like speed, speed question. So just um, answer with the first thought that comes to your mind or the first answer that you can think of. So All right. what is your current favorite album to listen to? Um, Ooh, the uh the new like pacific album is really good oh dude so good in spite of me oh in spite of me yeah uh, so i love um self-defeated is one of my favorite songs right now they're phenomenal live too and i i, I love his vocals range and style and everything i you can feel every emotion every line all the time it's great i think they're phenomenal yeah most ex- most anticipated concert 
in the near future? Oh, I'm going to see Movements, Citizen, the story so far in Turnover Saturday. That's going to be a great time. Heck yeah, dude. That's awesome. Most, most anticipated album of 2019. Ooh, 2019. That's a tough one. Um, there's a couple. There's a couple that I'm, I'm keeping my eye on. Mostly is, well, Underoth just put out a new album, but um, I'm like curious to see more uh, music from The Fever. That's Jason's band from Let Live. I don't okay. know if you remember. But that should be interesting too. Awesome. And last one. What is your favorite non-musical hobby? Uh, um, I like, like watching football, fantasy football. Fantasy football. So you're, you're a professional football guy. I love it. I love it. It's either that or Dodger baseball and the Dodgers have let me down one more year. So yeah. <laughs> well, if it counts, I'm an Astros it was, it was fan. A, so October and November, <laughs> but uh, yeah, fantasy football right now. I, I uh, spread myself thin with that. I put myself in four leagues and it's been too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, if it counts, man, I'm a, I'm an Astros fan. So we, uh, oh we toppled God. y'all last year and, uh, I, you know what? I, I don't <laughs> think I'll ever, get over that one too but i mean <laughs> that that one hurt more than than this year for sure and it's so funny like true story the night we lost to you guys in game seven the next morning i flew out to georgia with my girlfriend and as we're waiting in our terminal on southwest um the flight next to us was going to houston <laughs> of course i'm prepping my dodger hat that day all bitter and i was just getting high fives and stares from all the happy Astro fans going back to Houston, dude, that it was, it was insane being in Houston after that yeah. win though, dude, there's like the parade. It was gnarly. It was, it was a well overdue for Houston, but fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, it's, I'm glad you, glad you enjoyed it, but you know what? I just saw like this really cool video of Alex Bregman, like tipping some waitress that got her car stolen. And Alex Bregman seems like a freaking great guy, dude. Him and how Jose Altuve, they're just like they're cool dudes, man. I could yeah, just... <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. I and uh, yeah, and I mean that that that's just a fun. That's a fun rivalry to have. Honestly, it's just it's funny. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, but, I mean, uh, baseball's alive and well. I feel like it's just getting it's getting better and better. I think. Yeah, Every, I think there's the some potential there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. dude. It's it's fun. Oh, and I was gonna ask: Are you a are you a Rams fan or are you a a, a Chargers fan? I uh, that's a funny one too. I've grown up a Forty Nine er fan. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, it's just tough. It's just tough being a Forty Nine er fan. Right now. <laughs> it's so tough, and like I have two great teams in LA, and I can't really like root for either of them because it's like I just don't want to give up on my team. You don't want to be but a bandwagoner think, just because you live exactly, in L.A. But, <laughs> but I think if I did, because I never had an L.A. team growing up, but if I were to like jump ship, I think I'd go Chargers instead of Rams just because Rams are in the same division as the 49ers. Well, dude, I mean, at least this year, either team you jump to would be a pretty good choice. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm hoping the, Ram- or the, the Chargers can do it while they have Phillip Rivers because he just seems like a great guy. Yeah. Yeah, once again, I'm a I'm a Texans guy, so you know I'm just I'm really? all Houston. I'm all Houston sports. So uh, that that yeah. So so it's a hard <laughs> year to be a Rockets fan, even though last year was so great. It's a hard year to be a Rockets yeah. fan. It's it's always a hard year to be a Texans fan because 
even though JJ Watt and Clowney, they're great. And Deshaun Watson, it's just, there's just always something to let us down. <laughs> I feel, I feel like they'll do though. Cause Watson and Hopkins have this really good connection. So yeah, dude. All right, man, dude, thank you so much for your time, man. It was super cool getting to oh. know you and uh, I'm pumped for some new music. I really dig your style. And, um, I would love to touch base, you know, after you release some more music, we can kind of catch back up and, and see how things are going. Yeah, Chad, thank you so much for having me, man. It was a blast and it was great chatting with you. Um, for new music, we'll have something dropping uh, sometime in December. So be on the lookout for that. And yeah, man, can't wait to put it out and can't wait to chat with you again. Awesome, man. And uh, best of luck as you transition from student teaching to uh, to being a teacher. That'll be awesome. Thank you so much, man. So much, man. I really appreciate it.